Want to make a podcast? Spotify's got a platform that lets you make one super easily, then distribute it everywhere and even earn money. All in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or your computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating a podcast today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and everywhere else podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify and when you want to take conversations with your fans to the next level, Q&A and polls are the best way to get them talking. With Spotify for Podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it's totally free with no catch. Ever since I discovered Spotify for Podcasters, I love engaging with my audience with the Q&A and the polls. And I also love the fact that I can upload my video podcast on Spotify because I know my audience love watching it sometimes when they're traveling on their commute. I highly recommend you give it a try and you can download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com forward slash podcasters to get started. But I do think the most powerful message to send to everyone is about changing yourself because that's something that everyone can do instantly, right? So I think when you're kind of in those situations where someone's fighting with you or you're fighting with someone... Instead of the first thought being, I need to change that person's mind or I need to help you know, figure that person out so then they won't do it again in the future, it's better to kind of more address deeper within you and say, okay, what made me act that way? What made me make them act that way? And is it something that I can avoid in the future to not get to that same position again? guys and welcome back to a millennial mind today i'm with two incredible siblings one is a british entrepreneur a social media influencer and a digital marketing specialist the other has a passion for beauty and wellness and she truly lives and breathes her brand values i'm really excited to introduce akash and nikki from fable and main so hi guys thanks so much for being on the podcast thanks for Thank having us for having us no, my pleasure. I'm really excited to talk to you guys today. So let's start with talking and introducing Fable and Main for people listening that don't really know what the brand is about. Yeah, sure. So Fable and Main is a modern Indian hair wellness brand. I'm inspired from our own roots with deeply rooted beauty rituals and beauty secrets from India. And we focus on hair oiling as being the main premise of our ritual and because it was stemmed from our own. It's called Fable and Maine because fables was story time with our grandma and Maine of like that thick, healthy, beautiful Indian hair. So when we traveled to India, we found these incredible potent ingredients like ashwagandha, dashmul, uh, turmeric, amla, bringaraj. And we were working with labs for many years to make this incredible hair oil and found results on our own, Akash, right? With like our own hair growth. Definitely, yeah. So our mission is to bring Indian wisdom to the West and the best of our culture and um, traditions in a very modern, easy to use way. But how did you come up with the idea? So, you know, hair oils have been around for a long time. And like you said, Nikki, especially within our culture, we've experienced that, you know, experience of having hair oils put into our hair for such a young age. How did you think of this idea to bring about this new brand and this new kind of oil? 
So to be honest, it was our our journey was well, my personal hair journey, right? You ask a woman about her hair and it's like the story of her life. So <laughs> I like three years ago I was working on a another beauty brand. Um I've come from the fragrance industry and it's a lot about storytelling and poetry, but it was also a very stressful period and my hair started falling out. I saw a lot of hair loss. So I went into the kitchen and started mixing like grandma's oils. And after like three times routinely doing it, I saw the hair loss stop coming out as much and growth started happening. This was just like castor oil, vitamin E and some amla. And then I said, okay, how this really works, but the problem is it's quite thick. You know, I gave it to a few friends um, for different hair types and I really wanted to build a brand that was good for all hair types and in- inclusive as well. And my brother had such great expertise with Dior and digital marketing, branding, and creation. So we joined forces and we had this concept to create something that everyone could use. It could be universal without being too heavy on hair and also smells great. So really it was just going back to our own roots and finding our authentic story and our pain point that we found missing in the retail market and in the beauty market like how can we inject fun and color and make products exciting and a joy and delight customers that's that's our end goal and so really we we started off working on the oil but also really spending time discovering why this brand needed to exist our brand purpose and like every touch point whether it was the packaging the logo the colors um, the whole experience and consumer journey and how we can excite it and bring it back in a, in a fun, joyful way. So I feel, yeah, the journey has been, it's been three mm-hmm. years, but it's it's been so oh, fun wow. that now it's like the past, we launched during lockdown, which also was a obviously um, unpredictable times and uncertain yeah. times, but in a way it was a conscious decision to launch because um, what better time now people are at home they can start taking care of their hair you know and that shower a place of refuge and with intention and have a ritual rather than you know like meditate in the shower rather than just washing your hair you know <laughs> like a chore so yeah you talk about having really strong brand values and a really clear vision Akash can you tell me a bit more about that yeah definitely so I think for us, um, we really wanted to make sure that as founders, our kind of um, our personal kind of goals and desires, which is definitely around helping the planet. And um, since, you know, since we were children, we've always been very keen on animal welfare, especially. Um, we wanted to bring that to life. And then when we found that our sort of brand muse was the tiger, um, the most majestic creature of India, we really saw it as the most perfect opportunity to like, kind of blend both of our passions of both beauty, you know, brand building, but also um, animal welfare. So we really wanted to um, have a strong message behind the brand, but with also a a very strong actions behind it too. So um, we really quickly decided, it's actually one of the first meetings that we, me and my sister had, was to really understand our our CSI, you know, or I like to say CSI, which is the corporate social intention, um, rather than a responsibility. Um, for what Fablemain will stand for and what should it achieve beyond just creating, you know, beautiful products um, for people's hair, how can we make a real difference? And I think 
that's what most brands should be doing today is really ensuring that they have this sense of why um, uh, beyond just um, sales, you know. So for us, it was really that the tiger is our is our inspiration, is our everything, is our why. And our, our mission is to really help these endangered wild cats um, thrive in the wild um, through not only, you know, conservation efforts, but education specifically in India on how to stop poaching and how to really live in balance and harmony with these incredible creatures, which, you know, over, you know, 100 years ago, there was more than, well, no, many, there were over 100,000 tigers in the, in the world, in the wild. And now there are less than 4,000. There are more tigers in people's backyards in America than in the world in India. So this is something that we really need to shed awareness on and, and make an impact today, the change. Definitely. And I think one of the things I love about your brand is, you know, you say you, your give back philosophy is at the core of your brand. I think it's really refreshing to see that you're not just focusing on profits because like you said, you've just launched. And a lot of people say, you know, five years down the line, that's when we'll start helping others whilst you guys are doing it from the beginning. And I love that. I think it's so amazing. So one of the things I wanted to ask for you, Akash, again, sorry, is you worked in the corporate world before. And then worked with Nikki now and started a company as siblings. So how did you feel that jump? Sorry, didn't you think it was a big risk for you to leave your corporate job and start working with your sister? And then how was that relationship with working with your sister? I mean, definitely. So I I think for me, I always knew in the back of my head that I was a a mini entrepreneur. I think it came from my father, who's quite a successful entrepreneur in the beauty industry and with over 40 years in, in the fragrance specifically world. Um, so kind of seeing him from a young child was really like a, you know, my huge inspiration. So I think entrepreneurship was always something I wanted to do. Um, but then, you know, because I, I knew my dad always told us, you know, always have a, a true, authentic story in your business. Don't launch something for the sake of profit and money, have a reason and a why. Um, at that time, when I graduated, bearing in mind, you know, I, I studied engineering at university, but I knew that wasn't for me once I graduated. So I was yeah. not necessarily lost, but I wanted, I didn't have the exact, you know, the, the thing that I wanted to do. So kind of working in corporate was the sensible choice and it was something I always wanted to experience. So I worked at Burberry, the Nestle Lauder companies, and then Dior for three years and just recently in Paris. And I absolutely loved it, but I managed to also kind of fuse my entrepreneurship love by kind of creating my own companies within these companies, having my own little sector, my own team, starting from the beginning. So testing that entrepreneurship blood in a way. But of course, in a corporate structure, there's always a limit and there's always X amount you can do before you move to the next company. And I kind of got a bit tired of jumping from company to company. And I thought, you know what? I'm helping these companies. Maybe I should just create my own one and and maybe one day rival these companies. Because I saw today in this world you know, with the rise of these digital beauty brands, like, you know, uh, you don't have to be a heritage brand of 100 years with a team of 3000. You can actually be an agile small team with a really good concept, new brand, and rival these companies. So that's when, when I was speaking to my sister, and we had this idea for Fable and Maine, I really not only believed in it, but I also needed the product. Um, It was enough for me to say, okay, then that's time to jump ship. I've done my corporate life, never, you know, Maybe never say never, but most likely we'll not go yes. back into that again. And now, um, and also, fortunately, me and my sister were so different as people. We, we have different skill sets, and I think that's what we're best friends out of work. And and in work, we end up becoming then best business partners because we have complementary skill sets. So I think you know, 
testing that, um, I, 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 to be honest, I did test it a little bit while I was still at Geo before I pressed the button to quit, just to make sure, would I be able to work with Nikki? But actually, it was such a joy that, yeah, it was, it was now the biggest gift in life is to be able to have my own company, but also share it with my, my siblings. So very grateful also, like don't don't get us don't get me wrong like but we do fight like anything as well so but no, I, we, I we like, fight but it's like petty fights you know it's nothing serious I think it's therapy in a way like we let everything out and say what we feel um, wow usually little things like just deciding on what color packaging to do or like creative decisions um right Akash or like yeah no exactly it, it's mainly to do with Things that, you know, will be 20 minutes long and then we'll be like, okay, let's con- let's move on. But I think I've worked in corporate it's enough. All different. It's different. It's helped because I feel like I've been where Akash was as well with like, you know, he's so ambitious, which is incredible to do so many ventures. Whereas I'm very much now like I want to do one thing and do it really yeah. well and focus on. Um, well, Nikki's goals is more like, you know, to, to kind of be with her own inner self so I think for me seeing her it kind of is, is quite inspiring to me right now as I'm younger and the younger sibling I'm a bit more like I want to do everything I want to do a lot and maybe in three four years time I'll, I'll be channeling some of her energy so yeah it's, I'm also learning from her as a business partner too but um yeah of course as siblings we do fight sometimes but I think yeah. I worked in corporate enough to know that those fights in corporate were way bigger so it happens with any business. what yeah. I like about family businesses though as well is that you have that level of trust, which I think is so hard to get um, from outside, right? Um, and, and it's self-funded, so it's not, we don't have external um, VC pressure or, you know, um, people on our back. So in that way, because it's our own money as well, we're like treating it a lot more carefully um, and, and have the value because we know how hard it is, right, to, to even put the, the effort that it goes in. So um but it's it's such it's such a joy and I think we're learning and I feel you you need to go in if people who want to start family businesses um go in with a set know exactly what your key strengths are and your boundaries it's so important and to communicate just like with any relationship right and also know if you want to exit or draw up a agreement like a founders shareholders agreement yeah yeah, absolutely. Before, before you're a success, <laughs> you know, so. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. No, I think it's really inspiring, the relationship that you two have. And I read in the an article that Akash wrote that you really inspired him, Nikki, and you really motivate him, which is so nice oh, to hear. That's so sweet. No, he, honestly, I'm a real thinker and a creative, but I'm not, Akash is the executor, you know, I need him. That's why I, I actually went to him at yours, like, I need you to launch yes. this brand and that's why it's happening and he brought such a good team as well with him right um definitely and I love the way you complement each other because I think a lot of the time like you said when you're working in a corporate environment or you're working with someone who isn't your family you you don't want to say that they're better than you or they're better in that field because it seems like you're being weak or it seems like that's not your strength and the one thing I love about uh, having trust in relationships is you can say you're better at that than me and that's okay you know this is my strength this is your strength and it seems that both of you really have that relationship to uplift each other and grow together rather than putting each other down and I think that is really rare so it's amazing to see that and also like if anyone gets a bit of ego or like 
that's a bit too big headed, you can just put that person in check, you know, like, it down. whereas it's a little harder if it's, if it's not family, right, you can't, or, or your best friend or whoever, you can't sometimes just be like, for sure. So let's touch back to what you just said around, you know, you're putting a lot of your own money into this, it's self funded. Akash has now left his job. What other risks have you taken with this company? And what do you think we can learn from taking risks? And why do you think it's important to take them? Well, I think it's so important to take risks because life is all about just really trying new things and and learning from them. And it's about accepting the failures that are inevitable and that will come, but how you channel them to make you even stronger in the future. Because we learn as human beings from our failures. You know, every time we, when we were younger, when we fall, we get back up, we won't fall again, or, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll learn to deal with it better. So it's the same thing with, with anything in life. And especially in business, it's about channeling. It's all about your mind power. I feel right. Like how you, it's like meditation, all that stuff. Like how can you channel that into business and encourage yourself to like, understand that taking risks is the most beautiful thing. Obviously, you can minimize the impacts by having calculated risks or smart risks, you know, et cetera. That's always, that's inevitable without saying. That's how you get to from step A to step B to step C is you have to take those risks to grow. And and for us as a business, we're seeing those risks every single day. There's not one day we wake up and we're not seeing a new risk or a new issue or a new problem that didn't, but wasn't there yesterday or decisions that we got to take. And even as you grow, just a, as an example, Let's say we're selling so well, and then suddenly Sephora says, cool, uh, you're doing so well, uh, we want to increase the amount of orders. Then we have a risk to take. Do we, order, do we order 10 times more products and then put that cash down, or do we order five times? The more we order, the risk, because then that's cash in the pocket taken out. But then the risk is also then by not having enough stock. So there's always risk as you grow. So having a good situation can also lead to to tricky risks so I think that's how you should just basically channel your mind to say whatever your decisions is as long as you're doing it with your heart and you're doing it with a with um you know your best intentions then you'll learn from them so you touch a lot on channeling your mind and the importance of keeping a strong mind how do you both channel your mind and manage your mind so I personally I, I I do a lot of um well, I do, I do a lot of mind therapy on myself. Uh, so I kind of like talk to myself or I kind of like um, trick my mind. Uh, it's kind of something I, I, it's like, I never went, I never went to therapy, but in a way I learned how to therapize myself with, um, let's say I do the same in fitness every day. You know, let's say I'm about to do a big run and I'm like, no, I can't do it. It's how you trick your mind to say, no, 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 you're, you're going to do it. You're going to think of yourself in 20 minutes time. You're going to be sitting at home with a, with a nice, nice glass of water you're going to do it. It's the same in business. Um, so for me, it's about, I kind of channel that. And at the same time, I think I've got stronger at that from meditation and from, you know, being very spiritual since a child. Um, I remember our parents used to growing up, used to make us, and at that time it was a bit like a, of a force of like every Sunday sit down for family meditation and yoga. And I was like, why at like 12 years old, why do I want to do this? And now it's like funny where it's like, that's why I, I I love to do every single day. You know, it's like what I need to do. But Nikki, you have other ways, right? Of how you amazing. Yeah, I think you... I'm more um, into like practice in the sense of I do a lot of affirmations. I literally I'm going to share three apps I've recently downloaded, mm-hmm. which really help with like mental health. So one's called Gratitude, 
One is called I am and one is called journey. So basically gratitude is just a journal. Um, sometimes if I like forget my pen and paper, it's just great. It's on your phone. You just write everything that you're grateful for in the day, what you feel like you're just journaling and what you're grateful for. And then I am is just affirmations. So now on, on my phone, I get really great notifications. It's like, um, I love and appreciate my body. Life is beautiful. I accept who I am and feel beautiful. I see my struggles as opportunities to grow. So they're just really positive reminders, which I feel help me get, because you always have a choice like every morning, right? If you want to like have your day in misery or joy, like I'm a strong believer that our thoughts create our reality. So um we just have to plant the right seeds, you know, just like you take care of your hair with the right ingredients, you got to take yeah. care of your mind with the right thoughts. So this for me has been super life changing. And like that realization that only you yourself can make you happy. I do a lot of mind discipline and I try to get in a routine because I'm quite a creative, or I'm a fire sign, a Leo. So it's quite like all over the place my brother's a water sign as an aquarium so we can like see what <laughs> what mm. needs we balance each other out but um I definitely feel that if you have a routine like I wake up early around 5 30 sometimes 6 in the morning I'll do a workout to get energy going get me in a good mood I'll have like lemon water or fresh amla juice which is great for the hair. <laughs> um and then yeah, and then I'll do some meditations or like uh, stretching in the evening and then sleep early, like with with my phone on flight mode so I don't get any of the harmful EMF, like all those bad rays and stuff. So I feel, yeah, having a routine really helps me. Yeah, and having set rituals, I think I talk about this in one of my other podcasts. Yeah. And for me, it's so important to have a set of rituals to keep because it's important, like you said, Nikki, you know, your thoughts drive your actions and your actions drive your life and it, if you have these consistent practices in place they should really shape who you are yeah but Akash what are some of the things that you have in terms of rituals so I mean for sure a lot of my rituals are based on kind of fitness right now in the last year or two just kind of like I try to do something in the morning something in the evening as my kind of my time 3 a.m. at night, you do a Peloton bike. I don't yeah, know. So, so, sometimes <laughs> my mind. <laughs> yeah, like there, there's not really necessarily a, a sense of um, uh, timing routine, but like I, I either I'm a, I'm a someone who can wake up at 5 a.m. and go for a run, or or sleep at 4 a.m. and and do a workout at 3 a.m. in the morning. But uh, but oh um, I definitely don't sleep a lot. That's something that I've just trained my body from the last from my university. I'm someone who doesn't need a lot of sleep, but I, I definitely have a, my rituals will kind of, yeah, mainly last from fitness in the morning and evening. Then in the day I kind of do manage, I have a bunch of different companies. So it's really about kind of managing that whole time management stuff. Yes. And then in terms of, I definitely, every evening I do take care of my, my own self-care of like hair oiling. Uh, I do a lot of skincare regimes kind of the skincare part I have to like force myself because it's like it's good for me I've got to do it my my three-step thing I, I kind of I don't put too many restrictions or barriers on my rituals I understand as humans we always change and we always have different moods and mentality so I'm quite open to like you know some days I'll, I'll eat junk food and won't work out some days I'll work out regularly it's just depends on how I feel so I, I definitely have rituals that are more or less in place 
but I, I make sure that they're very mindful rituals based on how I feel on that day because I don't want to make it into something that's not authentic for me in that moment. Yeah, and they're adaptable for you because like you said, I think rituals change over time and it's important to go back and redress them and say, does this still work for me? So I used to journal a lot in the morning and then actually that didn't work for me anymore. Recently, I've been feeling a bit anxious about things and that's really helped me get back into place. So I think it's important to have things you can switch in and switch out, but have good things at your core. So one thing I find that is because we're so busy, it's easy to be constantly on the go and often we can really lose focus. So Akash, you've talked about having several companies. Nikki, you've launched Fable in Maine in this time where it must be really busy. For me, I feel I'm often just not focused. For example, when I'm having dinner with someone or getting my hair cut, I never feel like I'm in the moment. You know, I'm always focusing on what other things I have to do and what tasks are outstanding. And, you know, when I'm there, I'm thinking, okay, have I done this, 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 and this? And I think because of that, we forget to appreciate, you know, the moment and really experience the now. So both of you have talked about meditation as one of the things you do to focus. What are the other things you do to keep you guys in focus with managing several businesses and obviously starting a new business within this time and also maintaining a life? Yeah, well, for me, definitely one of the biggest things I do is is two things. One is I really rely on, on like my team, like, you know, the, the people around you. I'm very fortunate. Um, I mean, one of my employees, Estelle, she was with me at Dior and, and then she came to work with us at Faber and Main. She's really been a rock for me. My sister specifically with Babel, without her, we wouldn't be able to do half the stuff. Um, but uh, I think, you know, having that kind of, um, that, that comfort blanket of, of, of someone in your team or, you know, your partner, your business partner, whoever it is, to really rely on, um, it really does help you keep yourself motivated and, and also manage all the businesses, generally speaking. So you're only as strong as your team. And that's what something I've been, you know, fortunate enough during my career, I've managed to, um, I managed to manage many different people. Um, so I, I, I definitely pride myself in knowing how important a strong team is and how to manage them well. Um, but also a log and keeping a track of everything. So keep being organized with your calendar, having a kind of multi-device um, calendar where, you know, this, all the information is, is seamlessly integrated within your website, your desktop, your mobile, your tablets, wherever, um, to make sure you're sharing that information in one consolidated place. I have Google Drives with everything saved on servers so I can access anywhere in the world remotely, all my documents, things like this, just to increase your efficiency and also your management of all your different topics. It's very, very important. So that, that way, you can also enjoy the most benefit, the most beautiful thing of life of working remotely wherever you are and still have the same efficiency. Total opposite. This is a fantastic example because I recently I've stopped all emails on my phone. I, so I don't get any notifications, nothing's on my calendar. I'll just ask someone on the team, okay, what are my calls that I have to be on for today? And if I'm feeling overwhelmed, like, Again, like I said, it starts in your mind. So you just have to honestly just say, just accept it. There's nothing you can do. If we have too much going on, we have too much going on. But I have to just tell myself, okay, I have enough time in the day to do everything I want to do. So if it's a prioritize, priority for me to like exercise or if I have to walk my dog or if I want to meditate or go for a swim, I will do that. Or if I'm meeting a friend for lunch, I will be as present as I can there with that person and enjoy it and I honestly feel it's coming from my spiritual journey in meditation because you just enjoy the moment there is no tomorrow like I live as if there is no tomorrow and 
So everything I want to do or say is in the now and I'm just so content in the now. So nothing becomes stressful. So even if I'm working and then I'll include, I'll like obviously schedule a couple hours in my day to go through emails, to reply, to do meetings, presentations. But that then becomes my meditation because nothing ever becomes stressful. And the reason, the way I became like this, because I was the other extreme before where it ended up having effect on my health. I had like a frozen shoulder, a bad posture, had constant migraines. I wouldn't leave my desk till 3 a.m. I was sitting down all the, all the time and it was really bad for my health. I had like gastrointestinal issues things weren't digesting so my body can't take stress so I have to I have to do it this way and and this is what's working so far but like Akash said I don't think it'll be possible without a great supportive team so both of you seem you know that you've got really positive people around you and I really believe that energy doesn't lie and when you have good energy around you it really feeds into you and your mindset and how you're feeling for the day but what do you do when you come into interaction with someone who isn't on the same level as you in terms of giving you those positive vibes and giving you that positive energy? I mean, working with multiple suppliers like you guys do, you must come across people who are difficult or negative. How do you manage to navigate through people like that? And what advice for people listening would you give dealing with a negative relationship? Yeah, so I mean, I think me and Nikki will have, again, perhaps different um opinions which is quite cool because I guess you can get two different sides um but for me I personally um just I I've accepted from a from a very young age that other people's opinions and and etc are theirs and I have to respect it and whether I can try to empathize as much as possible I try to call like empathy mapping and understand that maybe you know my mind and my mentality is right for me but for them their mind their mentality is right for them so who am I to decide ultimately that this is negative or not? So what I end up doing is just try to be as much as myself as possible, very understanding. I never engage or retaliate. I hate confrontation. I'm the worst debater in the entire world. Uh, I would really? never, be, wow. I would never be in MUN or anything like that in school. I was always just like um, away from confrontation. But I always addressed it with just kind of like you know breathing in. You know, of course, your heart rate increases when things go like a bit like negative towards you. So I, you know, I always just I had this many times at Dior. I just breathe and I just say okay. You just say don't say yes or no. You just say okay. You just kind of digest it and you say I'll come back to you. And you always then calm down. And then later you react in a very humble and genuine way. Uh, and this yeah. nine out of ten times has always resulted in either the person changing their mentality. Or B, they end up, you know, understanding you a bit better. And C, there's no further conflict. So for me, it's always been the most successful strategy in terms of how to deal with people like that. Whereas I know many people might say, oh, but you're not then, you know, you're not really changing their mind or you're not standing up for yourself. And this is my way of standing up for myself. And I don't think always, sometimes it's not easy to change someone's mind overnight. So maybe perhaps it's better to then later, you know, go to that topic once everyone's calmed down and then address that situation. Uh, but you also have to realize that not everyone will like you, not everyone will understand you, and especially people will always be jealous. And that's something that we can't control. That's their, their issue, that's their nazar, we can, you know, their karma. And we just have to be ourselves. Uh, and we have to accept that this world is sometimes unfair. And this is the reality of it. So 
The biggest learning curve that's been for me is not everybody wants to change. And everybody says this to me all the time, like, Shivani, not everybody wants to be better. Not everybody wants to do better. So you're harping on at these people and thinking, why don't you want to change? But it's because my my job as a management consultant, I'm a change consultant. So I go yeah. in and my job is to change people's minds. My job with my podcast is to hopefully change people's minds to think differently, challenge stereotypes, and, you know, learn. And I guess not everybody wants to come on that journey with you. And so when people say negative things about my podcast, whether it's a dig or, you know, just like a joke that, you know, that someone is saying with a negative intention, yeah. I just now learn in my head to say, well, it's not for everyone. And and how I how I picture that is. So I was vegan for a really, really long time. Uh, I say a really long time. I was vegan for three years, but it really didn't work with my body. And I remember when I was vegan, I used to think, why do people not think when they're eating meat, it's just the worst thing in the world? And someone once said to me, do you look at chocolate and think it's disgusting? And I said, no. And then they said, so you're asking someone who's been brought up as a meat eater to look at meat and think it's disgusting. You're brought up as a vegetarian and you don't look at things like cheese and chocolate as disgusting because for all your life, you've thought that it's okay. So it's actually very difficult to change people overnight. And it's very hard to expect someone to change because their whole life, they've thought this one thing. So you're coming in here with this new view and thinking, why aren't you changing? But actually, you don't realize the years and years and years of their mindset that it's taken them to reach that place. So I just think it's now it's a very comforting thing to realize that. And it helps you to navigate through life as well and to not expect other people to think like you. And and, in any business situation, especially so important. But for for me as well, like one thing I I feel, and you know, our dad invested, produced this documentary called The Game Changers. And the thing that, um, you know, everyone found it so successful. All my meat-eating friends were like, you know, I'm actually going to... All of them pretty much at least did it for a week, you know, considered it. And they were like, this is because this was my decision. This was me watching it without kind of like a Peter effect of like, this is, you're bad, you're horrible. It was more like, here are the benefits. Then you at home sit down and you say, you know what? Maybe it's actually better if I start eating more of a vegan diet. And that's A, a lot more sustainable, a lot more impactful and powerful and I think today, especially as you said, people have been brought up or they've had 20 years or 15 years or whatever it is of that thought process and you're not going to change them within a minute. Certainly your one-off comment or opinion, whether it's very lighthearted and kind or whether it's very affirmative and strict, it won't change them the most impactful way. It could, but maybe not sustainably. But the most impactful way has always been for them to decide themselves and make the change. So if and you I can, think yeah. your ego as well from 100%. that conversation. Because, you know, when you have a conversation with someone and you're asking them to change, it is difficult to change something that you've thought for your whole life, you know, whether that's in business, with eating, with work, with whatever. So you have to remove your ego and stop saying, I'm better than you and this is why you should do it. And I think what you're, that's exactly what you're saying in terms of it's on them. And so how I look at my podcast now is, you know, I'm going to release it. If it helps you, amazing. I'm so happy for that. If it doesn't, that's also okay. And I'm not saying I'm better than you. I'm just putting out a new view out there. So I completely agree with you on that. I think it's really important. Sorry, Nikki, what are your thoughts on this? No, I, I, I'm just loving all this. (laughs) Wow, keep going. No, um, so the same. I think just touching on those two points with someone veganism and whether it's conflict at work, I feel you just have to sometimes accept that obviously people are different or the world would be really boring if everyone had the same point of view and 
people see the world at their level of consciousness, right? So you can't ever blame someone for what they don't know. Like a rock will never find a flower attractive, just like a flower won't ever understand a rock. So like attracts like, that's why I feel your vibe kind of attracts your tribe and positive people. And there's like, I read a lot and I love reading why successful people or people who have made it what what do they have in common you know there are a couple of great books like I love Tim Ferriss all the titans and there's I read a lot of other blogs and they say they all have something in common apart from like the 10,000 hour work rule or whatever is that they all believe it all starts in the mind that they they're not afraid of money they don't fear it they're grateful and they also let go quickly and I think that's something that maybe wasn't touched upon is that we need to let go and forgive not for um maybe if the other person was in the wrong doesn't matter it's for your own inner peace right so you always have to practice forgiveness and let go because your heart always has to be open because if it's closed you're not going to attract the best in your life so i think that is so important whether whether it's that's in personal with work with any any aspect in your life of you wanting to attract better or do better or perform better and I love that. forgiveness is like probably the biggest healer <laughs> but I love that. I think people talk so- about it because they feel like oh that means I'm not I've done something wrong but actually no it's just about loving yourself isn't it but when you say so I don't think it's about doing something wrong I think people are often afraid to forgive because it means mm-hmm. that they've accepted that if you've been rude to me yeah I mean I don't think you could ever be so rude you're so (laughs) have such a lovely nature but let's say really rude and I was really upset and I thought actually why should I forgive you Nikki why should I sit here you've just gotten away with it and I think for people listening especially how many times have you been in a moment where you feel you haven't been in the wrong the other person is being really out of order and they're not even sorry they haven't even acknowledged what they've done wrong so why should you then sit there and say I forgive you just because by doing that yes I understand it we're more at peace and you're happier however they still are going to go out there in the world and be that same person and you've just kind of allowed it to happen well I'd say well also I feel in even in that statement like knowing like okay why should you forgive me maybe that day when I was really rude to you I was going through so much stuff or I have my own inner baggage and maybe you assumed that I was mean at you if whether it was on I don't know let's say we had a phone conversation and I was just like really angry at you and like telling you know telling you going off at you or just like spreading bad gossip about you or something maybe it's a reflection of my state of mind and all the junk that I'm carrying and it's nothing to do with you and I'm just using you as a so I feel it's going that one step like peel the layer a bit more and and say who am I as a person like am I really my identity am I really Nikita Mehta am I really like the color of my skin am I really this outer body or am I the same inside you know and then if you look at it like that then really if somebody's in a bad mood it's their problem I I would also look at it we should try to put less pressure on ourselves as, as individuals because of course there are so many things that, you know, tomorrow we could say, okay, well, that person's a negative person. And why don't we speak to 10 other negative people that we know and try to change them? And, you know, it can go on and on and on. But I do think the most powerful message to send to everyone is about 
changing yourself because that's something that everyone can do instantly, right? Yes. So I think when you're kind of in those situations where someone's fighting with you or you're fighting with someone, instead of the first thought being, I need to change that person's mind or I need to help you know, figure that person out so then they won't do it again in the future, it's better to kind of more address deeper within you and say, okay, what made me act that way? What made me make them act that way? And is it something that I can avoid in the future? to not get to that same position again. Um, and that's honestly what I've been doing like my whole life. And and I have not really had any confrontation in the last, like I can feel like, you know, my only first confrontation that was really big was at the beginning of my career at Dior. And that was based on really quickly me realizing that this is not my problem. This is jealousy or issues yes. of other people. But how I figured it out was not by fixing them, but by saying, the, the fundamental, there's so many more factors, but the main fundamental factor is I'm a young person in a high role, in high meetings, and people don't like that. Now, I don't want to change that. I want to stay young. I want to stay powerful. I want to stay in these meetings. So that's not going to change. But I want them to appreciate me. So how do I do it? Okay, one would be not, not, not speak about it too much or not tell people too much. Or the second option would be bring them with you, you know, bring your boss with you or to go to a meeting and say, it was all her, it wasn't me. You know, things like that to basically make sure that I'm the change to then bring them up with me is much more powerful than me sitting down, sitting with them and saying, look, why do you have a problem with me going to this meeting? Or because I'm successful at my age, you have to deal with that. Like, it doesn't work. So that's when I learned very quickly. And then I ended up getting a lot of people on my side um, more so and but not stagnating not stopping my growth if that makes sense we are very much thinking in a win-win mindset totally. and I think looking at other people and how you can help them is probably at the root of that and it's actually very much at the core of you because when you're telling me that I'm seeing actually how can you help others to be better and to also feel wanted and feel powerful so really what you're saying and you said at the beginning of this podcast about Fable and Maine about helping others and seeing it not only as helping yourself is really apparent but one thing I want to talk to you about just now is you're saying you avoid confrontation I am the polar opposite and I think confrontation is incredible for me confrontation is the way to move forward in life and I learned about this concept and I'm going to do a podcast on it Akash so we definitely should do a podcast on this together definitely cooking confrontation so for me I think there are multiple ways to get to a solution in life right so let's just take a simple example so five times two is ten 15 minus 5 is 10, 8 plus 2 is 10. There are so many ways to get to that same answer and each one of them is a fact. Now, when you're confronted with someone or you're in a heavy confrontation with someone, each person thinks that they're right. And for me, the reason why you should always talk about things and the reason why you should cook confrontation is that it allows you to grow, it allows you to learn, it allows you to see from the other person's point of view where they're coming from and perhaps think of a new idea or think of a new way of getting to that way right and so for me when people say they're scared of confrontation I always think that they're scared of a debate because a discussion is also a way of confronting someone and actually for me I think when you confront somebody you're telling them how you actually feel rather than and I think this is so apparent in an Indian culture especially you have years and years and years of resentment because somebody did something to you you don't tell them they do it multiple times over and over again they are completely unaware of what they're doing or they could 
be, you know, going back to Nikki, what you just said in terms of when you're rude to someone, that may be because of the way that they were that day, but also they may not know that that's rude, right? They may not know that raising their voice is uncomfortable for you. So that boundary has not been set. And when you don't cook that confrontation, when you aren't confrontational with people, I feel like it hinders your relationship. I I definitely, I think, I think from that, from that angle, I definitely agree because I think for me, there's like constructive confrontation and then productive confrontation. So I think once we segment the two, then of course, productive confrontation is something I fully stand by. I think unfortunately, just today in this in, in this world, confrontation usually has a bad stigmatism. That word is associated with negativity, which is not true. But I think it's just, you know, words today can be differently understood. Whereas a discussion is more productive, people would say, and a confrontation is more uh, fighting in in a way so I think if we can start maybe wording it so let's have a productive confrontation or let's have a productive discussion let's have a that is something I would definitely always love to engage with because I do feel when I feel that the recipient um is um open to change and and me as well as and and also listening to myself and and my my emotions am I ready for a change then I'm always ready to engage in confrontation. However, if I notice myself is my heart is really facing too much and I'm too upset, or they are definitely overreacting, then I would definitely personally avoid confrontation because I don't feel it it will be necessarily productive. I'd rather re- revisit it later when the ability to be listened to and learned from is more present. And I think that just comes from me being as an individual, very sensitive. And that's something I have to just be aware of. Like I'm someone who, when I get a, when I get a bad email, I'm like, oh, I can't read it. Can someone read it for me? Um, that's I'm it. the opposite. That's like business. Like with me and Akkad, we have to make decisions or, you know, sometimes be difficult news or tell people things, things go wrong. I'm always the one because not that I enjoy doing it, but for me, I almost like, <laughs> I'm like boss, babe. I'm like, yes, this is and where you Nikki, wow. Nikki will what be the one firing people. Like, how can you become a better person? How can we do better next time? I feel the best way, though, is you never give bad news on the email, never through text. I've learned this also from people I've dated yeah. in the past. I used to like send people essays I mean essays like overthink like it would get one word replies and I was like oh my gosh and then the best and then there was no problem if you just pick up the phone and just call someone and sort it out so people are scared of face to face and I think that's what we need to go back to because look at someone in the eye and just say how you feel or just express and sort it out there's so many problems in the world like just don't add to it I think, Akash, that's what you touched on. And I agree with you, you know, when you say it's important to confront, but only in that time where you're both ready to do it and you're on the same page. So what you were saying wasn't that you were ignoring it. So I completely agree because I'm really sensitive. So in that moment, it's awful to talk to me because I'm just going to say how I feel. Exactly. Maybe, Shivani, you should try. I read somewhere was a a quote like Gurdjieff's father or someone he passed away he was a really poor man and his dad was like I'm not giving you any money but I'm just going to give you one piece of advice before I leave which will help you and he said if someone ever causes anger in you or you know frustration or whatever wait 48 hours and then get back to him say whatever you feel after those 48 hours and I think that's because everything like you just said that you feel in the moment 
it will subside <laughs> like in the four yeah. hours all that anger or emotion and then whatever's remaining is how you actually feel and that's what you should say so you should if next time someone's angry at you just be like I'll get back to you in two days that's it I'm like I need to tell you right now <laughs> how I'm feeling let's go outside <laughs> so okay you know what Nikki I'm gonna try that yeah I will. I feel like I could talk to you both for three hours, but we need to close the podcast. So one thing I want to ask before we close and a piece of advice from each of you, and this can be around anything because I think we've covered such a broad range of topics, but what advice would you give to people listening today around maybe mindfulness? Because I think we've touched on that a lot or maybe starting a business. My advice would definitely be don't stress about your path. Um, It's always changing and you can be in a position for 10 years and then start something completely different in a different industry. And it's okay. The biggest reason why I say this is I was once in a meeting room with one of my CEOs, who's a lot older than me and experienced. And, you know, he was saying to me that he might want to start his own company one day, but he has no idea where to start. And I was thinking, wow, like this is someone who has been working in one of the biggest brands for years and is also in the same position as me, who also is like, I don't know where to start with my brand. So Life is all about kind of sometimes you've got to reset, you've got to try new things, you've got to change 360, you've got to be agile. And that's the beautiful thing of it, because you want to live as many lives as possible within your one life. So don't ever be hard on yourself. Don't always panic if you're like, you know, I need to be doing this when I should be doing that at my age or this and that age. Don't stress and never, ever let age or your time you know be a hindrance like you can do whatever you put your mind to because you control your own body and your own mind so only you can tell yourself what's possible and that's what I would say I'll just give three words for starting your own business consistency authenticity and you have to know your why which is basically if you can't explain your brand in a sentence like just go back to the room and rework it until you have because a lot of brands actually can't and it's usually very simple so for working with your sibling if anyone listening is interested in doing that which is great because you have a partner in crime I would say respect is very important having boundaries is very important and also communication because those help with the bound any hurdles that you have so yeah. I love that. I think that's so powerful as well. And I've had the best time speaking to you both. I feel we could just talk for five more hours. There's really, there's so much I, I want to unpick and uncover, but I think we've covered such great topics in this episode and I'm sure loads of people are going to learn from both of you. If you guys listening don't know about Fable and Main, please check out their brand online. It's fableandmain.com. And for everyone listening, they've given you 10% of all their products and a free pouch at checkout if you use the code a millennial mind. So thanks both of you. I've had such a lovely time talking to you and I hope to speak to you again. Thank you so much. Likewise, Shivani. Thanks so much and have an amazing day. Hi everyone and thanks so much for tuning in and listening to my podcast. I would love to hear your feedback, so please email a millennial mind at hotmail.com with any feedback or questions around the show. Don't forget to like, subscribe, rate and share with your family and friends. I look forward to hearing from you and I'll catch you in the next podcast next week.